What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And on The Stack, we talk about a ton of books that have come out a this ton week. ton of books. A ton of books. And you know what? This is a good day for you because we're kicking it off talking about Batman One Bad Day. The Riddler from TC Comics, written by Tom King, art by Mitch Gerards. And this is the first of eight books that are going to focus on different villains in the Batman canon and take the essential idea of what the Joker did back in, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the name of the book by Alan Moore, where the Joker... Killing Joke? Killing Joke, thank you. My gosh, that was a total... Total brain bl- it happens. It, it happens, happens, man. We're getting old, man. Anyway, yeah. it expands on that. And what if all of the villains basically did the same thing? Did one absolutely horrible day for the Batman or themselves or somebody else? And here we're kicking off with the Riddler, where the Riddler walks in off the street, kills a random guy, no riddles, and has to talk to the Batman. And what happens from that? What happens is a tense, harrowing book that is unlike any other Batman book I think I've ever read. What do you think about it, Pete? Yeah, I agree. This is really creepy and really amazing. Uh, I I love the kind of like riddles that we get in this that are like, I immediately started Googling stuff as soon as I was done reading because I was like, I need to know what this is and what's going on. This is how you become a Riddler. Oh boy, uh, I don't. I don't think. Yeah. Anyways, but I, I just think that this was really impressive. You know, it really kind of asked this question of uh, if the Riddler kind of took the kid gloves off a little bit, what kind of real damage could he do if we kind of set this twisted mind to eleven? Uh, I I was just blown away by this. Not only is the art bananas great, but it really sucks you into this world and uh, does a great job of telling a fucked up story. And uh, I, I yeah, I was just it, I was just really impressed from start to finish with this. This is just a power packed issue. This is a must pick up. Uh, you got to check out this book. One thing that I will mention, and I don't want to hundred percent. Don't. No, no, don't. I'm not going to say anything spoiler wise. Uh, that I'm, I think I'm not it's, worried about that. Wait, what do you think that I was going to say? Now I'm curious. Are you going to say something shitty about the book after we both no, were really love this book? I thought that was all right, great. All right. The uh, I was kind of wondering the entire time, or thinking the entire time, that this was a in continuity Batman book, just based on. That it's Tom King, it's Mitch Gerard's. I think it's Black Label, but still, I wasn't 100% sure. It's probably not, and I think that's good to know going in. Because it definitely sets both Batman and the Riddler in particular in very different ways. It pretends a new origin for the Riddler that's very different than what we're used to from him. Though it starts with continuity as a starting point and goes from there. But it also digs pretty heavily into Batman as a character and his psychology in a way that I don't think I've seen before. One thing I want to throw out there, did you feel like Mitch Gerard's drew Bruce Wayne like John Hamm? Like, no. I felt like reading this book, it was straight up John Hamm as Batman, which I would love. I think that's a great idea. But there were certain expressions, the way that he was drawing him, it just struck me exactly like that. Now that I think about it, he kind of would be a good Bruce Wayne. But be so good. I think you were just maybe hungry while you were eating it or reading it and just being uh, like, I was in the toilet ham. and I wanted some John Hamm. What? 
John Hamm. You're in, it's the SNL scratch. Don't worry about it. Okay. You, I know you don't like comedy, so it's fine. Anyway, this book is great. <laughs> Definitely check it out. Why don't we move from one bad day to a million bad days with Avengers 1 million BC for Marvel, written by Jason oh, Aaron, I see what you by did Kev there. Walker. Thank you. That's the only reason I put them back to back. Otherwise, it makes no sense. But in this issue, we are jumping back in time to finally find out the resolution of that dangling storyline of is Thor the child of the Phoenix? Here we find out a little bit of a twist there. There's still big revelations in terms of Thor's origin. This is in continuity because everything that Jason Aaron is doing is in continuity with the Avengers. What did you think about this book? Yes, Pete, go ahead. Uh, I, I just have some questions. Um, Hit me up. Because it was like, it was like. Uh, hey, there's I no was... bad questions, man. Go ahead. Well, don't don't fuck with me like that because you know there is. Uh, I, I just wanted to uh, because I was thinking like, oh, they're really going to mess with Thor's origin story. But what it really is is the Phoenix's origin story and why the Phoenix is always so angry when we see the Phoenix, which mm-hmm. I think is a better origin story. And they kind of did the old switcheroo with us, like you're thinking you're getting Thor, but no, this is really the the why uh, Phoenix is so powerful and so messed up. It makes people kind of do horrible things as soon as they get the Phoenix power. And I like that so much better. I think this is such a great kind of reveal as someone who's been reading comics forever and always being like, man, this Phoenix is really fucking with people. Why is that? Uh, We kind of now get to know years and years later. Very cool. Very well done. Amazing art. I really was impressed with this kind of build up and then reveal. Uh, sometimes when they like, this is going to change comics forever. Everything after this, this, uh, uh, the hype was great. And I feel like they did such a great job and delivered. Uh, really impressed with this. I think it was a tight package. First of all, Thorogen. Second of all, <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, very good book. Jason Aaron's Avengers books are always good. Loves Jason Kev Aaron's Walker. a great writer. I don't He's know if you're aware writer. of this. I, yeah, I, I haven't heard about that. Kevin Walker, <laughs> also really good on art. I like him yeah. quite a bit. Uh, so this is a really good book. And even if you haven't been reading everything, this is still a good tight package story. Like you said, I really enjoyed it. The 1 million BC stuff is... And I say this in the best way, like over the top nonsense where I'm like, what's going on yep. with Ghost Rider? Yeah, what are we doing? Really yeah. mad. They're all talking English. I'm not 100% sure, but it doesn't matter because it's so much fun to read. But, but that's also what's kind of fun about Ghost Rider. It's already kind of a ridiculous character. And I say that as someone who's a huge Ghost Rider fan. The fact that it's riding Wooly Mammoth, I was just like, this is fun. We're having yeah. fun. We're having a good time. Speaking of fun, why don't we move on and talk about Chilling Adventures presents Jinx, Grim Fairy Tales, number one oh, from Archie yeah. Comics, written by Magdalene Visaggio, James III, and Joe Corallo, art by Craig Cermak, Eva Cabrera, and Evan Stanley. This continues the expansion of the Chilling Adventures line from Archie, and here are focusing on the character of Jinx, who is babysitting a couple of kids and telling them some spooky stories in the meantime. I thought this was hilarious. Like, I was so surprised about, like, they, I was expecting these dark, twisted tales, but they were very funny at the same time. Like, there's a twist on the monkey's paw I don't think I've ever really yeah. seen before in the first story. The other two stories were great as well. This is set in Riverdale, but it's showing us a very different character from the Archie Comics cat. And I, I was very surprised. Uh, this is one of my favorite 
anthology books they put out from Archie recently. Yeah, I was really impressed with this because I picked this up going like, okay, I love what's going on. I love the team, love the world that we're playing in, but what's this going to be? I was super impressed by this. Uh, Such a great kind of way to tell a story and such a great kind of like uh, character use. And I I was just really impressed with the setup and the delivery. It was super impressive. Also, tackling something that I think is something not enough people are talking about. It's like you can have good kids, but Mm -hmm. if you put those good kids in a babysitter, they're not going to be good kids. As somebody (laughs) who did a lot of babysitting uh, the past week. Well, that too, but you know, I'm family, so it's not really babysitting. I think it's one of those things where, like, kids are (laughs) they can really be assholes. So, like, Mm. it was really uh, awesome to see somebody else kind of struggle with that. I had to babysit two twins, and they were just the worst. I literally had to put tape on their back so I could keep tell them apart because they were uh, they were really insane. Oh my god. Jinx as well has a great just slacker toad to her where she sort of like gives up on these stories three quarters of the way through in a very funny way. I hope we see more of the character. It's very fun. I think I could keep reading these. Like I'm really hoping. Yeah. Like uh, I want more of this. This did such a great job. It really uh, makes me want more. Speaking of wanting more, do a power bomb number three from Image yeah. Comics by Daniel Warren Johnson. Now, if you haven't picked up the first two issues of this book, first of all, please do. They're two of the best issues. Yeah, what are you doing? This year. Go but out now and get them. The concept is, and I'm going to get into spoilers here, but just because it sets up what happens in this third issue, there is a young girl whose mom died in the wrestling ring. She was fighting this guy. She is not tricked, but coerced into teaming up with this extra-dimensional entity who's setting up a wrestling competition and promising people they can get one wish. And, of course, her wish is to bring her mom back. So she brings her together with the guy who accidentally killed her mom, but secretly, that guy is her dad, and she doesn't know it. And now they're in a wrestling competition together, and not only that, they find out the wrestling is real, and nobody else in the rest of the universe does fake wrestling like the Earth. So this is basically like this issue doesn't quite carry the emotional heft of the first two issues, but it does carry. Go fuck yourself. I was fucking very emotional in this episode. You're emotional about the fact that you love Mortal Kombat, and this is basically Mortal Kombat and comic. No, it's not. That's not. No, I'm not saying that. The father daughter thing, the whole realization, uh, like the. There's so many levels going on, and this is such an emotional, amazing... Johnny Cage is Scorpion's son. It's the same relationship. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Daniel Warren Johnston is the man. Like, I love the layer of emotions that he puts into his comics and how much you're emotionally invested in what's happening and the fact that you know it's the dad and the dad's like, I'm not going to tag you in because this is real and you could die, but has to tag it. And then what happens when he does? I was, I could not believe, but then also the other people who save them in the bar and they're trying to bring, bring back a loved one. So you're kind of pulling for them too. It is just, it's wrestling somehow, but it's also all these other stories happening in such a great way. He does such a great job of juggling these things. And instead of just coming out and being like, I'm going to tell you a sad fucking family story. He puts it in these other worlds and makes things so over the top and so much fun. But then 
oh, gets you with the emotions. The art's unbelievable. The storytelling is unbelievable. Do a Powerbomb is such a great title and so much fun. I can't recommend this book enough. I know uh, initially I was like, oh, my God, my favorite writer is doing a book about wrestling. I'm not the biggest wrestling fan, but I don't know if I'm going to like this. Forget all that. Go all in on this. It is unbelievable. The experience that you get from reading this comic is uh, its just above and beyond other comics. It's just so great. It's wonderful to hear you talk so passionately about that. And that's the same way I felt the first time I saw Raiden fight his second cousin. <laughs> I fucking hate you so much. Can you be fucking serious for two seconds, please? Absolutely not. Absolutely. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Do you even like this book? I love this book. This is one of the best books on the stand. Daniel Warren Johnson is amazing. The action in this book is over the top, but that is good. It's worth it for the art alone. Axe, Death to the Mutants, number one from Marvel, written by Karen Gillen, art by Goo Villanova. Nova. This is showing us something that was surprisingly missing from the main Judgment Day crossover, which is what's going on with the Eternals while everything is happening as they're attacking Krakoa and the mutants here. So we get their perspective. This is like a lost issue, basically, of the Eternals series, which means that I loved it because I love the tone of that book. It's super fun. It has the clarity of action that I was really missing from the second issue of Judgment Day in particular. Uh, and I wish this was part of the main series, to be frank. What about you, well, Great. Pete? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I was happy with the action. I'm glad we're getting answers here, which is great. I'm a little uh, worried about this event overall, uh, but I think this was a great issue. And I know you're not a fan of everything with the mutants, but you had to have liked the title Death to the Mutants, right, Pete? Yeah, it's a cool title. All right. Duo number four from DC Comics, written by Greg Pak, art by Koi Pham. In this issue, our two characters who are trapped in the same body are now trapped between two different teams of beings, uh, scientists, whatever you want to call them, who both want to use them for different reasons. We're finding out more about the opposing team this issue. This continues to be one of the best sci-fi superhero books on the stands. I'm loving it. What about you, Pete? I'm loving it. Yeah, I think it, uh, first off, Greg Pak, uh, bow down. I mean, this dude uh, does amazing work all the time. This is such a badass ending. Love all the action. Love the fun twists and turns. Uh, just when you think like, okay, yeah, now I get it. It takes another twist. Uh, I, I, this continues to keep building every issue more and more exciting, more and more kind of like learning about these characters. So great. So much fun. This is such an unbelievable book. All right. Why don't we move on and talk about 20th Century Men, number one from Image Comics, written by Dennis Camp, art by S. Morian. This is a book that doesn't suffer from lack of ambition as we get to see Pretty much the entire uh, entirety of 20th century history eventually settling on this dude who is in an enormous robot suit. That's our main figure here. Pete, what'd you think about this one? Well, this uh, first off, unbelievable art. There's kind of like robot being bigger than life. So evil. I, I You get a ton of comic care. This is like 40 pages of story and action. Does a great job of kind of setting this all up. Love the kind of last page villain kind of reveal slash monologue. Uh, this is super cool. 
and gorgeous, gorgeous art here as yeah. well. Thank it you. was yeah. a little hard to get a handle on the plot of what was happening because so many different things were going on, but I was still very into it at the same time, just in terms of the ambition, and I'm curious to check out the second issue. Nightwing number 95 from DC Comics, written by Tom Taylor, art by Bruno Redondo. In this issue, Nightwing and company are taking the fight straight to Blockbuster, but Blockbuster is not taking it lying down, and things are getting even worse. This is starting to pivot for me from being a lot like Hawkeye, the classic Matt Fraction, David Aja run, and now it's starting to feel a lot like Daredevil in a certain way, particularly in this issue, Mm -hmm. as we're getting Nightwing versus Blockbuster, a.k.a. the Kingpin, kind of the same character. Let's be honest. Hey, how dare you? Go, oh, fuck I'm yourself. Uh, but I still, I love this book. This issue is great. There's so many like big hero moments throughout here. So good. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, Nightwing it continues to be just an unbelievable comic for DC. One of the kind of best ones uh, out there for sure. This crazy issue, one an unbelievable ending. Uh, Blockbuster uh, does something there that I was just like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I just crazy stuff with the kind of like, oh, we've seen a police interrogation before. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, yeah, I just, this is such an intense comic that's doing some real fun twists and turns. And uh, man, I'm enjoying the crap out of this. Totally. Next up, X-Men Unlimited, X-Men Green, number one from Marvel, written by Jerry Dugan, a art by... The Dukes! I was waiting for that. Art by Emilio Lazo. I believe this is a collection of books that were released digitally and now being put together. Here, Nature Girl is going on a rampage because she's sick and tired of what humanity is doing to the Earth. The only person who can stop her, though maybe he can't, is Wolverine, who's sent after her because she immediately, spoiler here, starts killing humans. And what are the what's the first rule of being a mutant currently is don't kill humans. So just kind of breaking that a little bit. Pete, again, I know you have not been into the mutant stuff, but this got your main man here, Wolverine. So what did you think about this? First off, this is what I thought was going to happen once we went to Fuck Island. You know, like I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be like you and me. Right. You mean when we went to Fuck Island on that nope. vacation? No, 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 no. Okay. no. Um, th- that it was going to be this thing of like, hey, humans are the problem. We need to fucking take care of these assholes. And I'm glad we kind of got this with the Green Initiative here because yeah, we're wrecking the planet. We're being a bunch of dickheads. So like, sure. You know, just like you do if the deer population gets out of hand, you got to kind of take that population down a little bit. So I thought this was something that I was like, oh, excited to see and was like, yeah, great. This is what I thought. This is what what uh, such a cool idea, such a great execution of it. That poor poor turtle. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know. Uh, if uh oh my god i can't believe uh, john wick you killed john wick's dog you know a ton of people are gonna have to die you know mm. a, a turtle dies how many humans do you kill for that so i uh i really appreciated what they were doing in this a great use of wolverine uh i kind of liked the, the fact that they were like wolverine you gotta try to stop this so it's a, only you can do it. so yeah i really appreciated the kind of position that wolverine was put in this issue i thought it was a great use of wolverine unbelievable art and just really cool kind of writing. I was really impressed with this. This goes so much harder than I expected it to it in a very purposefully upsetting way, Yeah, uh, which was interesting yeah. to read. So it was 
off-putting, but I think that's how they positioned it because you're supposed to feel not good while you're reading it. So not what I expected at all, but I, I think it's very well done. Next up, Parasomnia, number one from Dark Horse Comics, written by Colin Bunn, art by Andrea Moody. In this comic book, a woman is having dreams of a cyberpunk-style future, or is she actually there, or is something else going on? This is very much Colin Bunn experimenting in a cyber-future cyberpunk type place. Pete, what'd you think about this? Yeah. So first off, amazing art kind of pulls you into this really cool uh, world. Um, Yeah. The only problem is I don't know what's really going on, but Mm -hmm. other than that, I loved it. Kind of the pace of it. Unbelievable kind of storytelling here. It sets this up and uh, yeah, I mean, we're still wondering after the first issue, but I think they do a great job of spelling it out and get you excited for more to kind of find out what's really going down. Uh, But yeah, this is solid. Yeah, I agree with you on that. You're purposefully not supposed to know what's happening here, but I enjoyed it anyway. Next up, this is one we're going to have to talk about. We're going to have to get into it, Pete. The Silver Coin, number 13, from Image Comics, written by Johnny Christmas. Art by Michael Walsh, now as frequent listeners of the show will know. This is an anthology book where people are given this evil silver coin and things go horribly wrong. Here, a woman is uh, dating a guy, pregnant with a baby, Things go terribly wrong once she gets the coin, and they get even worse as her psychic baby demon thingy starts talking to her. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you couldn't read this, Pete? Is that what happened? Yeah, I I tried to read this twice, and I couldn't do it. It was too scary, too creepy, and in all the wrong ways. Uh, I mean, that's the thing with horror books. Like, sometimes they push the envelope and really fuck with you, and sometimes you're like, nope, I, I know, nope. No, this is too scary. I don't want to have nightmares about this. And uh, no, thank you. But um, uh, kudos, I guess, for being that scary (laughs) and being able to manipulate somebody on a still page and scare them so much that they can't continue reading it. So you're killing the game. Yeah, this probably is the grossest issue of the Silver Coin so far. Come on! Absolutely. Um, I I don't It really fucks with the reader, man. Like, it really, like, I mean... totally. Absolutely. And this is definitely one where I'm like, it almost feels like most issues of this book could exist in the same continuity of this world. I don't know how this exists in the same continuity. I'm not 100% sure. There's a lot that's happening here, but it goes very, very hard even for this book. For that, I enjoyed it. I think it's good yeah, stuff. It's also too bad Justin's near because he loves this book, and I would love to hear like what his thoughts are on it since I couldn't finish it. Maybe next time. Black Adam, number three from DC Comics, written by Priest, art by Rafa Sandoval. Black Adam has been attacked and is dying. And meanwhile, his new heir is trying to figure out what is going on with him while he is traveling through a dream state and revealing potentially some of the real enemies behind this. I've been really enjoying this series, although it is not at all what I expected it to be. Pete, what about you? This was really intense and fun. I I loved all the twists and turns, the kiss, and then the fight. You know, then you wake up, whoa, what's really happening? Great art. Love the action. Love the pace of this. I was really impressed with this book. Next up, Edge of Spider-Verse, number two from Marvel, written by Mallory Rosenthal, Ram Z, Dan Slott, Chris Giarusso. 
Art by Iguara, Rari Coleman, Paco Medina, and Chris Giaruso. This is, again, a collection of Spider-Man stories that are teeing up the end of Spider-Verse event. We had Ramsey on our live show to talk about his Spider-UK story on there. Uh, but what do you think about this collection, Pete? Uh, this was cool. I mean, I, you know, didn't have, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, maybe not, my, you know, I'm not the hugest Spider Gwen head, but I really loved uh, uh, Ramsey's stuff. I thought that that was like a great introduction to of a new character and kind of a backstory that got me excited for more. And I was glad that they, he was given uh, a good chunk to kind of deal with. So that was super exciting and really felt great because, you know, He's writing about something where he lives and can really get, uh, bring a lot to a character. It, it really yeah, felt. Uh, just to give people a background, because we did talk about this on the live show, there's a couple of shorter stories in here, but the bulk of the issue is taken up with the new Spider UK, which is a completely new character. She is a. A Muslim girl living in London, I believe, and basically dealing with what I would call a rain of fire situation with a bunch of dragons <laughs> popping out of the ground. And it's super you know, fun. A, a rain of fire situation. You know, yeah, those days. Knows, I don't need like, to yeah, clarify. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, very fun story. Very fun character. Excited to see more of her. Hopefully she survives the end of Spider-Verse event. Why don't we move on and talk about Shirtless Bear Fighter 2, number one from Image Comics, written by Jody LeHup, art by Neil Vendrell. In this issue, our Shirtless Bear Fighter is back. He's fighting some gummy bears. He's fighting some other types of bears. He's got a punch of bear every 24 hours or else he's gonna go nuts i think it's 48 i think it was 48 oh, was it? no i think it was every 24 hours all right you're gonna make me look this up i yeah, think it, it wasn't 24 it wasn't whatever it is this is very fun the first series was very fun this continues to be very fun it's as ludicrously over the top as you'd expect for the title i had a really good time reading this what about you yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we've read a bunch of shirtless bear, uh, bear fighter. And so you think, like, okay, like, I've kind of gotten this already. You know, what are they doing? But no, it is continues to be so, so much fun and so different. And they kind of push this character in different ways that, like, is very impressive for something that you think is kind of like a one trick pony. It is so much more than that. So, um, it's yeah, like a I, two trick bear. Oh, you fucking, it's more than that is my point. And, three, uh, I three trick turtle. I don't know what kind of creature has three tricks. I did, I did, I did like the dude who's like, yeah, this is my dream. Just sell gummies out of the back of a van. Uh, But yeah, this is just super creative, amazing art, some fun storytelling. Yeah, this is a great, great package. Batman the Night, number eight from DC Comics, written by Chip Starsky, art by Carmen Domenico. This is continuing the origin story of Bruce Wayne as he travels around the world, trains. Here he learns how to train himself mentally, but there's some big twists as he enters his final period of training, heading toward Rachel Ghoul. Not a spoiler, because you know that's going to happen. You know what happens with Bruce Wayne. But what do you think about this issue, Pete? Uh... I thought this was a great issue. I, I This is some really great Batman shit right here. I, I love the art. I love the kind of friendship and kind of storytelling that we're doing here. Cool villains, cool boss reveal, even though you just spoiled it. But I, I thought that this was 
This is great Batman stuff here. I, I've been, I was been really impressed with the, you know, if Justin was here, like getting inside Batman's head, mm-hmm. talking about the training, talking about the mental strength that you need to, uh, you know, fight uh, crime and fight villains. And uh, it's an interesting look into that and the preparation that goes into it. I love this book. I think the art is great, like you were saying. I think the way that Chip Zdarsky is breaking Batman down into his component parts and really walking us through that part of the training is great. I will say, plot-wise, there was a weird turn in this issue, where last issue, the dude he's been training with for a while turned on him. They had this climactic confrontation. And in this issue, that dude is like, oh, there's this other dude who's gunning for both of us. Let's team up. And they're like, sound good. Get on our bikes and ride into the sunset. I was like, this was this happened very quickly. You forgave this guy very quickly for everything. Dude, that when you're when you're out there fighting crime, there's so oh, many yeah, crazy reveals. All right. It. And and it's just one of those things where it's like <laughs> Hey, you know, sometimes I'm fighting two-faced. Sometimes things are crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you're going to be like, oh, that person was mind-controlled, and I got to get past that. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Your superhero identity is bearless shirt fighter. Is that what it <laughs> is? I wish, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, I just I just think that I, you kind of like, after a while of all the craziness of Batman's life, I don't think it would really be like too much of a problem for him to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, let's work together. All right, fair enough. Why don't we move on talk about Hulk number eight from Marvel, written by Donnie Cates and Daniel Warren Johnson, art by oh, come Martin Cocolo. don't give it a pass just because of that, Pete. Come on. Come you're, on. You're a reviewer. You're a reviewer. Oh, man. Got to be this journalistic is, about this. Be a journalist. Yeah, I have never Come said on. I'm a journal, uh, journalist. Anyway, so. this is the final issue of Banner of War, which uh, pits Thor against uh, Bruce Banner Hulk for all the marbles here. We've got a Thor Hulk and a Hulk Thor. They're fighting each other. Some big stuff goes down. Pete, what would you think? Yeah, this is just great. I mean, this is just fun over-the-top fight stuff. And uh, it's it's fun to kind of pit these two against each other. Cool ending, cool kind of reveal for what's coming next for these characters. I loved it. We got the Screaming Sheep, which, uh, you know, was a really fun part of the Thor movie. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I uh, I ate it up with a, a fork and spoon. Excellent. Why don't we, let's talk about Undiscovered Country, number 20 from Image Comics, written by Scott Snyder and Charles Soule, art by Giuseppe Camincoli. In this issue, our characters are trapped in two different parts of history, uh, a new zone, um, and exploring what happened in American history. What did you think about this? Yeah, I mean, this comic continues to be so Oh, did so you get inter- distracted by my Alexa? Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. I really sure should have said that out loud. Yeah, all these magical noises happening in your background there. Um, but, um, hey, Alexa, uh, play some music. Well, I'm on headphones. That's not going to work. Uh, damn it. Uh, anyways, um, so, uh, yeah, I just, this continues <laughs> but I'll to tell impress. You what, anybody listening on a podcast is going to have a real problem right now. Oh, that's, sorry. It's, I was trying to get sell, but not you listening at home. I apologize. Um, but yeah, I uh Hey Alexa, I, buy a gingerbread house. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. That product isn't available through voice shopping. Oh. All right. Well, I we got to turn on voice you just, shopping. You have to try, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, 
Yeah, I, 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 the twists and turns of this comic, I can't keep track of. This it's so insane, but it's so impressive. Uh, it's so creatively done. This this comic is just. I, I'm just kind of like at this point, I waiting for the end so I can reread the whole thing mm-hmm. because I'm like, what? Okay, yeah. There's definitely some twists and turns in terms of the plot that are going on here, and some revelations here. I wouldn't say big ones, but incremental ones that are important to the run of the book. But I agree with you. This is going to be a really interesting one to revisit when it's all done. Next up, Daredevil number two from Marvel, written by Chip Zdarsky and Nascenti, art by Marco Cicchetto and Chip Zdarsky. In the front story, Daredevil is dealing with a old friend of his from college who's got an amped up in terms of powers and caused some apocalyptic shit to go down. And then in the backstory, we got Anacenti back writing a Daredevil story, but this time drawn by Chip Zdarsky. Love everything that's going on in this book, particularly the backstory. I thought this was a really good Daredevil story in particular, but what did you think, Pete? Yeah, I mean, I'm really impressed with this issue. Not only is the art bananas, but the the storytelling is great. This really kind of messes with... Uh, Daredevil in a new way, which is interesting to say out loud. Uh, I'm also a real sucker for all the pictures of the, the covers and the, and the last couple pages there was really great. This is a great package. Unbelievable writing, unbelievable art. Yeah, if you like Daredevil, you're going to love this. Aquaman and the Flash Void Song, number three from DC Comics, written by Colin Kelly, at Colin Kelly, excuse me, and Jackson Lansing, art by Vasco Georgiev. This is the final issue of this black label book that has teamed up Aquaman and the Flash to fight an alien threat, basically all by themselves. I thought the series was great. I hope they collect it. I'm sure they will. But if you didn't check it out, art is gorgeous. The storytelling is tight. The relationship between Flash and Aquaman is very fun as it played out there. I had a blast reading about this book. What about you, Pete? Yeah, I mean, I really was happy with this team up here. Um, I thought I was like, oh, this is nice. Uh, the pizza moment was great. Uh, yeah, I, I was really impressed with not only the the art, but the storytelling here. They did a great job with these two. And uh, yeah, it was a ton of fun. Last but not least, Above Snakes, number two from Image Comics, written by Sean Lewis, art by Hayden Sherman. This continues Sean Lewis's weird Western with some big emotional moments happening in this issue between two of our main characters. Pete, I know you love the first one. What did you think about the second issue? Hell yeah, I love the first one. Um, first off, you never want to be above snakes, you know what I mean? Or below snakes would probably be worse. Okay. But Do you want to be I, like mid-level snakes or where do you want to be? Uh, I I don't want to be anywhere near snakes is my mm. point. Uh, I don't want to be in the same room with them. I don't want to be anywhere near them. Anyways, um, I'm impressed with this. The first issue, I was like, yes, this is fucking so cool. And then they started getting a relationship here. And I was just like, what are we doing? I don't want to lose track of the awesome times we had. But still fantastic. Love this relationship thing. I love what happened during the relationship and what kind of like... I just I was really impressed with the writing, the choices being made. They're doing some really creepy stuff with a with a bird. I I love it. I I've just I love how creative and fucked up this is. The arts bananas. This is this is a this is a solid book. Yeah, in particular, shout out to Hayden Sherman. I mentioned this the last issue, but the play between black and sort of the expanse of the desert here is really impressive how everything's laid out. Um, Also, shout out to the colorist who I did not write down. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but really gorgeous looking book. 
And that is it for the stack. If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about comic books, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast, and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the comic book shop. Thanks, everybody. Come on, comic book.